We are going to be learning Lekutzi Sichis Chelik Yudzayin, the third Sicha on Parsha Shemini, and we're going to be doing a Ian Shir. The purpose of this Ian Shir will be to really understand the methodology of the Rebbe, how he learns Rashi, and also to understand the methodology of the other Mephorshim. In this particular Rashi that we're going to be discussing, there's going to be two main approaches. I'm going to look at, and we're going to look at the other Mephorshim, and we're really going to do a synthesis of all of their Purushim to make a very strong shot of how they would learn this Rashi and how they, according to their approach, would answer the questions that the Rebbe is raising. And then, of course, we'll also show the Rebbe's approach and show why he would not be satisfied with the answers that they would give to the questions and how he gives his own approach and that, how that approach fits very well according to his particular style. So to give a quick introduction. <clears throat> so in this week's Parsha, it tells us that it's the eighth day of the Muluyim. And on the eighth day of Muluyim, which is also Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the Yidin had to bring many, many karbanas. They first of, all, first of all had to bring karbanas, which were meant for the Muluyim, for the inauguration. That consisted of Chatzasin, Shlomim, Menaches. They also had to bring, they're also Nachshan, who was the, the Nasi of Yehuda, brought karbanas. And there was a third karbanas, which was the Chatzas of Rosh Chodesh. On Rosh Chodesh, you also bring a carbon. One of the carbonists they brought for Rosh Chodesh was the Chattis. On that day, we know that Nadav and Avihu died, and therefore, Aaron and his two remaining children were Oynanim. Oynanim means they were in mourning. The Lacha is that an Oynan, a Kayan who is an Oynan, is not allowed to do a Vaida in the Beis Mikdash, and of course, would not be able to eat the kachim of the Beis Mikdash. The Kayin Gadol would be allowed to do the Aveda, but he would not be allowed to actually eat the kachim. On that particular day, Moshe is told by Hashem that they should eat the Karbanis. And that's what they do. They eat their Karbanis, except for the Chattis, which is brought for Eish which they burn. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes to investigate what happened, and he sees that all the Karbanis were eaten, the ones from Nachshon, the one for the Mulayim, but the exception would be the Chattis for Rosh Chodesh, and he wanted to know, he got upset, and he wanted to know why it was burnt. And he gives, initially he, he assumes that they were negligent, either that they took some of the meat out of the, uh, out of the um, oil, uh, out of the Mishkan, which you're not allowed to do, or maybe they took some of the blood of the carbon Chattis and brought it into the Hecha, which would also disqualify the carbon. But Papayal, it was none of those issues. Rather, Aaron tells him the issue is and really, Rashi actually gives us two ways of understanding what the issue is, but the main issue, the way, one the Rebbe is going to be focused on is the one I'm going to tell you now, that Aaron tells them that we were, tells Moshe Rabbeinu, we were Oynanim. And according to one opinion, the an Oynan is not allowed to eat Kachim the entire day, plus that night. So therefore, we weren't able to eat the Schatz. And even though you told us that we're allowed to eat all the other Kabanis, but we can't learn from the other Kabanis, which were, as he calls them, Kachesha, which were uh, um, special Kabanis for a particular point of time, which was meant for the Simcha and the inauguration period, which was the idea of the joy of the inauguration of, of the Mishkan. So when Hashem permitted us to eat those, we cannot learn and understand that we could also eat the Kalche Dairis, the regular Kabanis that were brought every Rish Chaydish, were brought on a regular day. So therefore, we didn't make a comparison. And then the Pasuk tells us, Vayishma Moshe Vita Be'enav, Moshe heard and he was happy with that, with that answer. Uh, and that's one way of learning it. The second way of learning it was, Moshe Rabbeinu came and Aaron replies to him that we are Oynanim and Allah is, according to this other opinion, that an Oynan is not allowed to eat Kachim during that day. 
Therefore, we were going to leave these karbanas until the night. Because even though you, you told us that the kachidurs you're allowed to eat, um, but maybe that's only true regarding eating them at night. Because technically a chatz is you're allowed to eat during the day and during the night. So even though that you heard that you're allowed to eat these karbanas, but maybe that just meant that we're not supposed to eat, uh, we're supposed to eat it during the nighttime period and not right away. And what happened was, since we're, you know, we weren't able to eat it right away, we had to put it aside. And unfortunately, the chatz became tamay, and therefore we had to burn it. And then it says, Moshe uh, agreed. Moshe vishma, Moshe vita beinav. So he agreed. So what does this mean that he agreed? So this is what we're going to be focusing on. So Rashi tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu agreed. It says in the Pasuk, Rashi tells us he admitted and he wasn't embarrassed to say, I did not hear this from Hashem. Meaning is, Pashtas, Moshe Rabbeinu is admitting that, let's just go focus on the first one, that he did not, that Moshe Rabbeinu was comparing all the Karbanas, whether they were Kachay Shah or Kachay Dairis, they're going to compare them all the same, and all of them were supposed to be eaten that day. And Aaron says, maybe you're not supposed to compare these two. You heard only about the Kachay Shah. That's no reason to compare it to the Kachay Deiris. Kachay Deiris really should just have the regular halacha that you should bird them. And Moshe Rameinu is Maida, uh, and he says, you know, Taka Shamati, I did not hear this uh, difference from Hashem. Okay. So what the Meforshim are going to be focusing on is really two, uh, two, two discussions within Rashi. The first thing is, what exactly was he not embarrassed? It says he wasn't eat of Be'enav, and, and, and Rashi tells us this praise. What is this feat of Be'enav? Is that he wasn't embarrassed to say, I didn't hear it. What exactly should he have been embarrassed about? Why is it embarrassing to say, Le Shamati? What was the praise? Like, what was the embarrassment and what was the praise? That's point one. And second of all is, what exactly is the source, what was bothering Rashi with these words, v'yishma be'enav, v'yishma moisha, v'yitav be'enav, Rashi's comment is on the words v'yitav be'enav, what's the issue over there that he needs to make a comment? And really part of that question is, where does he, what's the source? Like, where, how does Rashi figure out this idea that Moshe was, admits to Aaron and says, Leishamati, where do you get that from the Pasuk itself? So we have two general approaches. The first approach that we have is from most of the Mepharshim, uh, uh, which is the Gorarie, the Mizrahi, the Devri David, the Sifsechachamim. And they explain it like this. Their issue is, saying that I did, why they don't understand, why, what would be the embarrassing to Moshe Rabbeinu to say, Lo Shamati, I didn't hear this from Hashem. Why is that embarrassing? If he didn't hear it, he didn't hear it. If you don't know something because it was not taught, Moshe Rabbeinu is the source of the Torah. So if he wasn't the source of the Torah from Hashem, so if he did, Hashem didn't tell him this particular halacha, didn't tell him this differentiation between these two things, how was Moshe Rabbeinu supposed to know it? So saying Moshe Rabbeinu, just saying Leishamati is just being honest. It's not any praise that like he was going to lie to say, uh, like, uh, I did hear it. Leishamati, Taka didn't know it. There's nothing embarrassing to say that you don't know. And, and furthermore, they bring, it actually says in Pirkei Yavis, Pirkei Mishnah Zayin, that there's seven dvarim by chacham. That chacham does seven things, and one of the things that a chacham is that when he didn't hear something, he says leishamati. If he does, someone asks a question and he didn't learn the uh, the answer, he says leishamati. I didn't hear. So by Moshe being leishamati on the is actually he, that shows that he's a chacham. He didn't hear it, so he's being honest and he's showing that he's a chacham. There's actually a praise. So why would he be embarrassed? On the contrary, that shows that he's a chacham. So therefore, they give a different shot, and they say like this. 
what Rashi is really trying to say is based on what the, the Gemara says. That this is a, that Rashi, they're saying, is based on the Gemara in Zvachim Dafkofalaf. And the Gemara goes through this back and forth from Moshe and Aaron. And the Gemara finishes off that Moshe Rabbeinu says that he, he, was, he admits and he wasn't boish to say, He says he wasn't embarrassed and therefore would say, I didn't learn it. Rather, he admits to them all that he did hear the difference from Hashem. Hashem did make this chiluk to him, and he pashat forgot. So it's embarrassing to forget, because he did learn the Allah, and then he go, get, goes, comes, and gets upset at Aaron, and he was something we actually, actually learned from Hashem. So it shows that he forgot about what Hashem was teaching him. That would have been something embarrassing. So how would they learn Rashi according to this? They would actually put the comma in a different spot. We were learning like this. comma. Um, he admitted, and he wasn't embarrassed to say, I didn't learn. I, didn't, I wasn't taught this. That's what we were learning until now. But they would say, no, there's nothing embarrassing to say. Rather, they learn it like this. They admitted, and they were not embarrassed, which would make, which would make him say, or that would cause him to say, so the loimer loishamati is part of the embarrassment. That if he would have been embarrassed, he would have said loishamati. But since he wasn't embarrassed, what did he say? He rather said shamati v'shachachti. I heard and I forgot. So that is how they want to explain Rashi. But the second point is, what exactly is the source? How do, how does Rashi learn this from the pasuk? So there's actually two approaches or two ways in this particular approach. The first approach is from the Divri David, and he wants to say that the, there's an extra word in the Pasuk. It says, Ve'yishma Moshe v'yita ve'inav. Moshe heard, and it was good in the eyes. But Moshe heard, obviously he heard. They're having a discussion, Moshe and Aaron. So of course he heard. So why are you telling us, Ve'yishma Moshe? Should have just said, Ve'yita ve'inav, or Ve'yita ve'inav Moshe. It was good in the eyes of Moshe. What do you think? He heard. Rather, he wants to say, Ve'yishma means that Talos is giving us the reasoning why it was Vayita Beinav. It was Vayishma, since he had already heard from Hashem that there is a difference between the Kachay Shah and the Kachay Dairis, therefore Vayita Beinav, it was good in his eyes. So Vayishma is an extra word according to them, according to this Divrei David, who's going in the approach of the Gerarie, that he heard Taka already. So once Aaron disagreed with him, he remembered what Hashem already told him, and therefore um, it was v'yitav v'enav. There are numerous problems with this particular approach. So let's start with some of the issues, and then we'll get to the second way of learning the, the, the Gerari and, and that whole uh, section, which is a bit better, but we're still going to see there's a bunch of issues with that too. So the f- first issues that we're having over here is what's called ikr chasem in a sefer. The main words are missing over here. If the main point, what the Rashi is trying to tell us is that Moshe Rabbeinu told Aaron that Shemati v'shachachti, why does he miss out the words? All Rashi is telling us, he's like stopping in the middle of the sentence, that he wasn't embarrassed, which would cause him to say that I didn't hear. But what did he say? Rather, he said, I heard it, but I forgot it. He misses out that most important part of the, of, 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 of the explanation. Second of all, Rashi is not even clear at all about what the source what what of what what the um, what the issue in the pasuk was? If the p- issue of the pasuk was 
that it says Vayishma, that the word Vayishma is extra, then A, why isn't his Divra Maschal on the word Vayishma? Rather, it's on the words Vayita Ve'enav. Second of all, Vayishma doesn't mean past tense that he had heard. Vayishma means that he heard, which is, if you're just reading the simple portion of the Pasuk is, they're having a discussion, Moshe heard, not that he had heard. In Hebrew, it should have been the word Ushama, and he had heard. Why Vayishma? It doesn't even fit into the words of the Pasuk. How would you get from the word Vayishma to Shama? Yes, the word Vayishma is extra, but the tense of that word does not at all fit according to how they want to explain what Rashi's trying to say. And most of all is, he, Rashi should have said that very clearly because the simple words of the Pasuk means Vayishma that Moshe heard what Aaron was saying. So he should have said, well, what does Vayishma mean? It means he heard in the past tense. Or he should have at least said, like Shamati, he should have you know, explain that the word Vayishma Moshe is Shemati V'Shechachti, whatever it is. We should have put those words in, something about Shemati, hearing something in the past. But from the words of Rashi, it doesn't apply anywhere that Moshe is remembering something that happened in the past. So this is really, I guess, one, this is really uh, the, the, the main question. The main question is, Iker Chasar Menasefer, that if Rashi means Shemati V'Shechachti, and it's a problem because of the word Vayishma, it's not at all implied within Rashi. He's missing all those words that would imply that pshat. And in addition to that, it's not on the Divra Maschal. And, and the third issue is, then the word Vayishma actually doesn't really translate very well. According to that, they're going to have to say, not only take it out the Kapshuta, that it's referring to Moshe hearing right now, hearing what Aaron's saying, it means that he heard in the past and something would happen much earlier, which doesn't fit at all into the, uh, the tense. So rather... Uh, that, so therefore that pshat has that, those issues. The Sifseh Chamim deals with the uh, second and third issue, again, about the Divra Maschal and regarding the word Ushama. He's the one who actually asks those questions, and he resolves those questions. Um, he explains it like this. He explains that, in addition to the word Vayishma being extra, it's also the whole Pasuk of Zmuhupach. The Pasuk should have said the words, When it says, It's breaking this, this, this Pasuk into two clauses, that he heard Moshe, Moshe heard, and it was good in the eyes of Moshe. The, first of all, the word is extra, and second of all, why are you putting it into two parts of the sentence? To say, If the main part is that he just agreed with Aaron. Rather, the Sifzeh Chaman says, this is what Rashi is trying to resolve. He's trying to resolve the Lashon of the Pasuk. So therefore, again, the Divra was on the words Ve'ita Ve'enav, because he's saying it shouldn't have been the words Ve'ita Ve'enav. It should have been the words Ve'ita Ve'enav. So that resolves that issue. And the uh, issue is not the word, the word Ve'ishman on its own. It's actually the whole Lashon of the Pasuk. And this is how he would read the Pasuk, according to Rashi. That Ve'ita Ve'enav doesn't, it's two clauses. So Vayishma Moshe means that Moshe heard. Vayitav Be'enav, and it was good in his eyes. Who's his eyes? So the Shach says that Rashi learns Vayitav Be'enav means it's good in the eyes of Aaron. Why would it be good in the eyes of Aaron that Moshe Rabbeinu heard? It must be it was good in the eyes of Aaron because Moshe Rabbeinu told him that that taka is the halacha, that shamati v'shachachti, that I heard and I forgot. So Vayitav Be'enav means it was, good in, it was good in the eyes of Aaron. So therefore, so it's not learned for the word particularly the word Vayishma, it's learned from the word Vayishma, plus the whole breaking the, the Pasuk into two clauses. So Vayishma Moshe is telling us that Moshe heard, and then all of a sudden, Vita Be'enav, it's good in the eyes of Aaron. Why was it good in the eyes of Aaron that Moshe heard? It must have been that Moshe admitted that he had already, heard, that, that Aaron was mechavan to the lacha that Hashem says, and then Aaron was happy that he was mechavan his das to the das amakim, according to the halacha. So that shot works a lot better inside Rashi within the Pasuk. 
And we can already, in a sense, already see the like hishtalshalus of uh, already the second shot, making it it's much more important to the second approach uh, that it, that Rashi gives his comment of the Devar Maschal, and also that Rashi's words have to actually fit into the lashon of the pasuk, and according to the tenses of the pasuk, according to the makeup of the pasuk, two different clauses that fits very well according to Pshut Shemikra. So you already see a certain development of this approach of trying to make sure it fits into the Pasuk and it fits into the different Masa that Rashi is actually commenting on. But even with this approach, we still have the main issue, which is Iker Chasim. First of all, Iker Chasim in a Sefer, if the whole idea is Shamati V'Shachachti, Rashi doesn't mention that. And second of all, the idea of Rashi writes things clearly. V'yitav Be'inav, according to the Sifzicham, means that it was good in the eyes of Aaron. So that's a Gishmak Pshat. But Rashi doesn't hint to that at all. So how is a Ben Chamesh Lamikra going to figure out that the Yita Ve'inav means in the eyes of Aaron it was good, or at least it's hinting to that concept. He actually says it refers to Yita Ve'inav means it was good in the eyes of Aaron, Moshe, and it was also a hint that it was also good in the eyes of Aaron, which tells us this whole limit. How, how is a child supposed to figure that out? It's not hinted at all in the Lashon of Rashi. Therefore, the Rebbe's not happy with this approach of trying to explain that the Pasuk means Shemati V'Shachachti. But just to look at the, before we go weiter, look a little bit at the methodology of their approach, especially the approach of the, the Sif Chachamim. Their approach is that Rashi fits according to the Gemara. So once you look at the Gemara, and the Gemara says, Shemati v'shachachti, they're saying is, Rashi wrote it in short. He wrote an idea, he put it in short form. Rashi's style is always to write as short as possible. And he relies on you to... Um, if it's not clear to what the pshat is, then look up, look up, look at the Gemara, and then you could figure out what he was trying to say. Since it says shemati, look at the Gemara. The Gemara says shemati v'shachachti. So we see that the one major difference already between the Rebbe's approach and their approach is the reliance on the sources of where Rashi might have gotten his pshat from, and that actually fits very well. If you look at the first sicha where the Rebbe asked this question, you could see he's not just satisfied saying ikar min a sefer. He he actually goes weiter and wants to show that even according to their approach, it doesn't work. He says, um, he subsides with Iker Chassam in a Sefer, he, he says, even the times when Rashi wants you sometimes to look up at a source, he'll tell you, like Rabbi Seinu Amru, or this Pirish was taken from the Gemara, Rashi doesn't mention anything that where it's even taken from. So if it meant that it's, you know, it's Iker, if he really meant what the Gemara is saying, why doesn't he at least quote uh, where the Gemara is from? And he says, especially from the fact that this Rashi might not have been taken from the Gemara, because this Lashon is also found in the Yikra and the Teres Kayanim. So the approach of Rashi maybe actually is from the Teres Kayanim. It doesn't mention anything about the Shemati V'Shachachti. Even though the Rebbe points out the Ara, probably they would learn the uh, uh, Teres Kayanim the same way as they learned Rashi and the same way they learned the Gemara. But already, you know, just saying that you should look up the source, A, Rashi doesn't mention what the source is, and B, the source could have been the Taras Kainim, who doesn't even mention the idea of Shemati V'Shachachti. So therefore, the Rebbe wants to learn Rashi Kapshutai that then what would have been embarrassing for Moshe Rabbeinu to say, what was embarrassing to say, was to say Lai Shemati, but he wasn't embarrassed to say that, and he does tell everybody Lai Shemati, and we'll explain in a moment why would it have been embarrassing to say Lai Shemati. It seems like the Gorari has very uh, good question on that. Before we get to that, we first need to understand why Taka does Rashi not explain these psukim like the Gemara does. Why doesn't Rashi say that Moshe was embarrassed, was not embarrassed uh, to say Shemati v'shachachti? Rather, Rashi learns that Moshe was not embarrassed to say like Shemati. He does not learn like the Gemara. Why not? So the reasoning is 
the Rashi had three issues with explaining the Shutisha Mikra like the Gemara. The first issue is that according to the Gemara, the Shabbach, the praise of Moshe Rabbeinu is that he didn't lie. That according to the Gemara, Moshe could have just said, Shema, I, I never learned this, Lo Shemati, which you would have sounded like a Chacham or saying, I say, if you don't know something and you say Lo Shemati, you sound like a Chacham. But instead of trying to sound like a Chacham, it says, he says the truth, that Shemati, I had did here of a Shachachti and I forgot. But Lachaira, what's the praise? The praise is that he could have lied and he didn't lie and he said the truth. Why, is that really the big praise that the Pasuk's trying to teach us by Moshe Rabbeinu, that he didn't lie? Of course, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. Second problem that it is, is that how do you read the end of the Pasuk? So how do we explain it? How does the Gemara explain it? That Moshe remembered, after uh, Moshe remember, remembered that Hashem already told him that there is a difference between Kache Shah and Kache Dairis, and he forgot about it. So what does it mean, V'yitav be'enav? means that it's good in the eyes of Moshe, like he agreed to it. What do you mean? If it's shemati v'shachachti, if you remember what Hashem said, it's not v'yitav be'enav, he remembered what Hashem said. V'yitav be'enav is more like, it's almost saying that Moshe agrees to something to Hashem's decision or Hashem's halacha. It's not up to Moshe to agree. That doesn't, that's, that doesn't make any sense. And second, third of all is, when you say it's Vita Bain, if it was good in his eyes, by this very idea that Moshe Rabbeinu is making decision, like, ah, this is a good din, that implies that it could have been taught in two different ways. It could have been one way, and instead, you know, it's another way. It could have been taka that maybe you're supposed to eat it, but Vita Bainov after Aaron told him this, and therefore it was good that it was burnt. But it wasn't, there was no other option. It, it, there wasn't an argument between Moshe and Aaron. Moshe Rabbeinu forgot the halacha. Aaron figured it out. Once Aaron figured it out, Moshe, remem- Moshe Rabbeinu remembered that he made a mistake. That he made a mistake and he forgot what Hashem told told him. So there's no ve'itav be'inav. There's no decision making over here that 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 Moshe Rabbeinu should be making. So this is the problem that Rashi has to explain our psukim like the Gemara. So it should be pointed out that the Gurariya and the other Meforshim have a way of explaining the Gemara. First of all, the Gurair himself actually explains what the Shabbat was. He says it wasn't a lie. It wouldn't have been a lie if Moshe Rabbeinu said, Lo um, Shamati. Why? Because what he meant by saying Lo Shamati was, I never heard that you're allowed to eat the Kachet Dairis. I never heard from Hashem that Taka there was a heter to eat the Kachet Dairis. So that Taka is the truth. He never did hear that. The the white lie would have been that Hashem didn't just tell him it wasn't mutter. Hashem told him that it was usher to eat it. So Moshe, by Moshe being saying, I never heard that there was a hat there, that was true. It's just he's kind of missing out a little bit of information that what Hashem told him was they, the Aaron and the Kainim should eat the Kachay Shah and they, it's usher for them to eat the Kachay Dairis. He's just skipping out that one point, so he's technically not lying. And this chat actually fits well, according to the Gurayers say it would be according to Rashi, uh, and this is my own point, why the Guru would have a proof according to Rashi, is because we find a similar idea when Yaakov took the took 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 Esau's brachis, that when Yitzchak was asking him, are you my b'ni uh, b'charcha, are you my oldest son? And Yaakov says, yeah, uh, uh, that I am. Rashi tells him, Rashi explains, what was he saying? He said, b'ncha, I'm your son, and b'charcha, and you have b'char, who is Esau. Meaning he's, he's giving Yitzchak almost like part of the information. He's answering in a way, where it's, he's telling the truth, but really he's kind of saying a white lie. But we see that Yitzchak, Yaakov did that with Yitzchak, so we see that's not necessarily a problem. And we also know halachically, Stam, again, another 
Gura doesn't mention this, but we know halakhically that there are scenarios where a person's not a lie if he's going to be embarrassed. It tells us that a, 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 a Talmud Chacham, that um, if someone asks him a question in Masechta, he's allowed to say that he's not currently learning that Masechta. Or he could say a different Masechta, because he might be embarrassed. If someone asks him a question on the, that Masechta, he doesn't know the answer, then uh, he can be embarrassed. So he could, he could say that he's not currently learning that particular Masechta, even though he is. And other such details where a person's Zadi Bimashani, he could change the truth either for the sake of peace or for the sake of embarrassment. So therefore, according to halachically, um, he was allowed to do it. And nonetheless, he didn't take that opportunity to, in a sense, protect his honor. Uh, and he said that. So that, that's how the Gur Ari would explain it. But of course, the, the, this is not as gashmak as we're going to see how the Rebbe is going to explain it, where you don't need to say that the Shavach was this concept of Moshe Rabbeinu not lying. We're able to say a much better Shavach in a moment. And regarding the other ideas of the Yitav Be'inav, we already gave an explanation according to the Sifsei Chachamim. The Sifsei Chachamim said that the Yitav Be'inav doesn't mean the eyes of Moshe, it means the Yitav Be'inav was in the eyes of Aaron. That once Moshe Rabbeinu told him that Shemati v'shachachti, then it was good in the eyes of Aaron that he was able to machav into what Hashem wanted. So it wasn't that Moshe Rabbeinu was making a decision, oh, what has, this halacha of Hashem was good, but rather it was Aaron being happy that he was able to machav into what Hashem wanted and he didn't do anything wrong. On the contrary, he made the right decision and, and he followed what Hashem wanted. Um, so that's how they would learn it. But as mentioned, um, that according to the, the style of Rashi, that would not work because Pshutei Shemikra, the word Vayita Be'inav, does not seem like it's talking about Aaron. Pshutei Shemikra is that's talking about Moshe Be'inu. So to explain the Pasek to mean Vayita Be'inav, that's referring to Aaron, and that's maybe that would work for the style of the Gemara, which is not necessarily Pshutei Shemikra. Pshutei Shemikra, to say Vayita Be'inav means Aaron, that is hard to say. Okay. Um, going into the beer of the Rebbe. So, so the Rebbe explains that the word Vayishma, it says Vayishma Moshe Vita Be'inav, that the word Vayishma actually has two interpretations in Tanakh. Sometimes it means to hear, and other times it means to understand and accept what the other person is saying. For example, when it says by Yosef, Vehem Yodu Kishemea Yosef, that after the discussions Yosef and his brothers had, and uh, the brothers were uh, quite in trouble because of Yosef, they went to the side and they started talking with each other and saying that the reason why all these bad things were happening to them is because they sold their brother. And says, they did not know that Shemea Yosef, that Yosef was listening. So over there, Shemea doesn't mean hearing, it means listening. and under- They didn't know that Yosef understood what they were saying. And as Rashi explains clearly, the reason why they would speak in front of Yosef is because usually there was an interpreter between Yosef and the brothers. But in this situation, they there was no interpreter. So they um, they figured that there's no reason for them to move aside or, or to leave, that Yosef would not be able to hear them. It's because they knew he wouldn't understand anyway. But they did not know that Yosef actually did understand what they were talking about. Another example is by Avram and Sarah. It says, that Avram tells, uh, Hashem tells Avraham that you shall listen to Sarah, your wife. So we see over here that the idea of Shemiah means Havana. So according to this, how would you read the Psukim? That Moshe and Aaron are having the discussion. Aaron gives an answer to Moshe and then says, Vayishma Moshe, that Moshe understood and he accepted this answer. So why does it say, continue saying, Vayita Be'inav? Once the Pasuk already told us that Moshe Rabbeinu understood what Aaron was saying and he accepted it, what does the Pasuk continue saying that it was good in his eyes? We, we just said that he accepted it. What does it mean it was good in his eyes? He, he, he knows what they said. He accepted what Aaron said. What is the Pasuk trying to add with the words, Vayitav 
Me'enav. Moshe could have just been quiet and it would have been understood that he agreed to Aaron. Just say, Vishma Moshe, and it's understood he agreed, and it's understood that everything's good. Why does it add Vita Be'enav? So therefore, he's saying, Vita Be'enav is to add that not only was it just he accepted, but it was good. Moshe Rabbeinu was happy with what was being said. And as the Sefer Hazikar, which also uh, has the same style of the Rebbe to explain Rashi in this particular situation, tells you that there's three ways how a person could admit to someone else. One way is they admit they, in their heart, in their mind, they know they're wrong, but they never admit it like uh, verbally. They keep on saying, no, no, you're wrong, even though inside they know that they're actually incorrect. Second way is a person that will admit that they're wrong, but they're embarrassed, they're upset. They wish they were right. They have no other option because the other person has proven his point, and therefore they have to, against their will, and with embarrassment, they have to say the other one is right. And then the third type of person is he admits, and he's happy to admit, because until now, he, he didn't know the correct shot. He didn't understand the correct meaning of the Pasuk. So at this point, his, as, as, as he writes, that he, he, he admits with a shining face, and he's happy with this uh, Nitzachan that happened, that the other person told him the, uh, the truth, because until that moment, it was lacking, uh, he, the, the knowledge was lacking from him. So therefore, because of that joy and happiness that he has the right shot, what does he do? He's not embarrassed to say, uh, he says it. I admit, yeah, you're right. This is so geschmack. And this is what the Basik is telling us. That not only did Moshe know and understand that Aaron was right, he was good in his eyes. He was excited. He was happy. And therefore, he told everybody. And he admitted, you're right. You know what? Aaron was correct and I was wrong. And therefore, the Rebbe points out the word Shemati not only means that I didn't hear this from Hashem, and meaning is that Aaron, I didn't hear one way or the other. All I heard was about Kachay Shah and Hashem didn't tell me about the Kachay Dairs. But more than that also is, I didn't hear means I didn't know, I didn't learn this differentiation. And this is all Aaron. And therefore he told everybody, and it's to everybody, this that he didn't hear. And that's actually very meduik in the Lashon of Rashi, that Rashi says, that he admitted and he wasn't embarrassed to say. He wasn't just quiet and he accepted from Aaron and they moved on. Rather, he said it over verbally, he publicized it. And the Lashon of the Rebbe, he was mefarsim uh, The Rebbe actually points out from the Targum Yoinasan, the Targum Yoinasan says, says he made a kruza, which means an announcement. Okay, that's not Pshutah Shemikra, doesn't say anywhere that he did a kruza, but definitely the Yitav Be'enav means it wasn't just he accepted it, but he was happy. When someone's happy and excited about something, he doesn't keep it quiet. He has no reason to keep it silent. And that's what he's saying. He was hoi devalei he wasn't embarrassed at all. There was no embarrassment. So therefore, he let people know uh, what Aaron's Chiddush was. So according to this, we, we have answered all the questions. What exactly was the, uh, what should have, Moshe have been embarrassed? He says, what he's trying to say, he would have been embarrassed, doesn't, it means he would have been embarrassed and just kind of agreed with Aaron, but not actually publicized it. He would have been, okay, you're right, or been quiet and just moved on and not actually publicized Aaron's Chiddush. Because technically, there was no real nafkamin al-alacha going right there. It was a one-time thing. It was the eighth day of the Muluyim. Such a situation of having the Muluyim wouldn't happen again. So why did he even have to say anything? Alamai, he was happy. He was vita be'enaf. He was excited. So what Rashi's trying to tell us that he wasn't embarrassed, he was trying to say that he wasn't even like that second group that admits someone's right, but just kind of moves on afterwards. He was excited for, for, for Aaron. He was excited for this interesting interpretation. And that was the Hayd Baish. The Chiddush was that, he, that, 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 that even when he was wrong and someone else had the correct uh, svara, uh, he still uh, publicized the other, uh, the, that vort. 
And where do we know this whole idea from? The reason is because it says the actual words in the Pasuk, V'yitav be'enav. It should have just said, V'yishma Moshe. Why does it add V'yitav be'enav? It was trying to say there was an extra level of happiness over here and acceptance. And this explains also why the different muscles on the words V'yitav be'enav, because those are literally uh, the extra words. And just also, um, what about the Mishnah and Avas? The Mishnah Avas says that one of the things that the Chacham says when he says something, if he, if he doesn't know, he says, Lai So, of course, this has no, uh, it's not really connected to over here because Moshe Rabbeinu maybe would have agreed to Aaron. The point is not him agreeing to Aaron that Aaron was right. The point was that he was publicizing. He could have just been quiet or agreed with Aaron, but why does he have to publicize to everybody, Lai So, the reasoning is, again, because of that, that excitement and happiness that he had. So Al Pizah, we're able to find, explain a few more in Yanim, which are very interesting. There's a difference in the Pirish Rashi over here and in Parshas Matis. In Parshas Matis, it tells us that after the Yidin went to war with Midian, the Yidin brought back many of the women, and Moshe Rabbeinu was very upset why these women were brought back and were not uh, killed. Uh, so it says, the Yiksif Moshe, he got upset. And the next parsha tells us that Allah Zarqain was telling the Yidin the halachas of how to kasher the kalim that they got from the booty. So Rashi tells us, why is, why is Allah Zarqain telling everybody the halachas? Why is it Moshe? So he says, because since of Moshe, since Moshe got upset, since he got upset, he also made a mistake. And because of that, he forgot the halachas of kashras, of how to kasher these kalim. Because someone who gets upset, he comes to make balachal kas balachatais. And then he gives other examples about when... Moshe Rabbeinu got upset, and one of the and he made a mistake. And one of the examples are in this week's parsha by uh, Moshe Rabbeinu getting upset that Aaron that they burnt the chattis, and therefore he made a mistake, um, and therefore he made a mistake. So the question is, over there, why why does Rashi only mention this idea of Moshe getting upset and making a mistake over there? Why doesn't he mention over here? This is the first time where this is mentioned. So the explanation is that Rashi, when he quotes. A medrash where he quotes an idea, it's not just stamped to quote it because it's an interesting medrash. Rashi only quotes a medrash or quotes these interpretations if it's to answer a particular question in the Pasuk. In our parsha, there's no question that we need to say that Moshe Rabbeinu made a mistake. To say that Moshe Rabbeinu made a mistake is a very big chiddish because as we know, every time that Moshe made a mistake, Rashi has to tell us you know, what, what did he do wrong to make a mistake? Oh, he got upset, so he made a mistake by Elazar and the, uh, by the Midian. By by Benay Slavchad, he didn't know the halacha. He didn't know the the, the halacha by the daughters of Salaf of who should get an inheritance. So Rashi has to tell us it's because he, you know, he he said any hard matter when he, by, when they were appointing the judges, he said any hard matter should be brought to me, which was considered in Yenav Gaiva. There's always something that he did wrong, and therefore he got punished. So to say that Moshe Rabbeinu made a mistake is a you have to be forced to say that because then you need to say that he did something wrong. Say Moshe made he did something wrong and then he made a mistake is a big chiddush. In our parsha, there's no reason to say that he made a mistake. All that we need to say is Moshe Rabbeinu had one svara, Aaron had another svara, and our, Moshe was convinced, you know what? Aaron's svara actually makes more sense. And that's talk of what happened. Moshe Rabbeinu's svara was that we should compare the, uh, we should compare the Katri Deris and the Katri Shot the Katshe Deiris to the Katshe Shah, just like by Pesach Mitzrayim. They had the Korban Pesach, which was brought in Mitzrayim. Um, and we know that we learn many halachas of the future Korban Pesach from that Pesach that they brought in Mitzrayim. So just like we learned the future Pesachim from that one-time Pesach that happened in Mitzrayim, because usually a Pesach is not brought in Mitzrayim, it's always brought in Eretz Yisrael. 
and there's many other differences. But nonetheless, we learned we learned how many halachas from the Kachi Doris, the Pesach that we brought for all future generations from that one time they brought him a tribe. So Meish Rabbeinu says the same thing over here. Since we're bringing Kachi, Hashem said that these Kachi Shah have to be, this day, when, by the inauguration, the Kachi Shah have to be eaten. So he understood, you know what, everything that's being brought this day has to be brought and eaten because of the inauguration, because of the Simcha of that particular day. And then Aaron, Aaron argued with him and he says, no, that's not, that's not a good comparison. By Pesach Mitzrayim, there's, it makes sense to compare future, certain parts of the future Pesach to what happened in Mitzrayim. Why not? But over here, we note that the halacha of the regular carbon chattis is that an oinin is not allowed to eat it. So if an oinin cannot eat it, then even though you might have a heter that for kachay shah that you are permitted to eat it because of the special idea, special union of the inauguration, that doesn't tell you anything about the regular monthly korban, what the halacha should be. By the korban pasach, we, we don't know one way or the other. So to compare the Kachay Dairis, the Pesach of future donations, the Pesach of Mitzrayim, yeah, that makes sense. But over here, when we know the Chattis usually is not supposed to be eaten, where do you know that you're supposed to compare the, that, this Chattis, which is usually not fully eaten by an Oynan, to the Kachay Shah, which were special circumstances and a, and a special situation? So it was an argument in logic. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. But therefore, Rashi doesn't need to come to this idea and say that our Moshe Rabbeinu made a mistake and he did something wrong and made a mistake. But later on, we have to say that. Once we're already saying that he got upset and that's, we, we need to know why was the Lazar the one saying the halachas to the Bnei Yisrael and not Moshe Rabbeinu himself. So Rashi had to say the reasoning is because since he got upset, he made a mistake and he forgot about it. So once he says that, then Rashi has to bring proofs. Like this is a big chiddush. He, made him, he, gets, he gets angry, then you make a mistake. So therefore he brings his medrash that show you, that explain that other scenarios a few other times when Moshe got upset, then he made a mistake. Um, and just to point out that even this idea that Moshe Rabbeinu made a mistake by uh, by the Kachay Dairis and Kachay Shah is actually a machlekes inside the Medrash itself. One opinion is that he made a mistake and then he got angry. And others say that he got angry and because he got angry, then he made a mistake. So therefore, even that is actually a machlekes. So when it's relevant to say that he, made, he got angry and he made a mistake, okay, so it'll bring later on. But at this point of time, there's no reason to say that he made a mistake. There's no reason to even say that he got angry. Uh, sorry, he definitely got angry, but there's no reason to say that he made a mistake. Therefore, the Pasik, the Rashi, does not bring that idea. And then one other idea is, is that it says earlier in the Parsha that, Moshe, that after Nada Vahavihu died, um, that Aaron was quiet and he got schar. Now, why did Nadar Vavu die? So the Rashi tells us two Purushim. One shot is he died because they were drunk when they came into the um, Mishkan to do the Avaidah. The second shot was is because they were Mayurhailah, they, they, they taught halacha in front of Mayshur Rabbeinu. And that's why they died. So therefore, since Aaron was quiet, he got a schar. What was the schar that he was able to teach the halacha of Shisu Yain? So according to the Pshat, that they drank wine and therefore they were punished. And therefore, Aaron, who was quiet, got to teach the halachas, then it really connects very well. But according to the other pshat, that they taught halacha in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore they were punished, what's the connection of Aaron being quiet, and therefore he was able to teach the halacha of Shisuyayin? There's no connection between him being quiet, because his children died for teaching halacha in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, to this that he's teaching the halachas of Shisuyayin. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says on the words, Maschar Kibel. It says, sorry, says it says Vidam Aaron, and Rashi tells us he was Makabel Schar for being quiet. And then Rashi says Maschar Kibel. What was the Schar that he got? 
the schar was he was teaching the halacha. So the Rebbe asks, why does it say maschar kibel? It's not the style of Rashi to ask it as a question. Rashi says he got schar. What was the schar? Oh, it's to teach the halacha. So why are you adding those words? Like, what was the schar he got? So he says the reasoning is that when Rashi says what was the schar he got, is trying to emphasize that he only got one schar. That don't think that it was a different type of schar that he that 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 he got. That what was the schar? Not the schar that you think he might have gotten, but rather what was the schar? It was the schar of teaching over the halachas of Shusuyai. What would have been the schar that you would have thought? We might have thought that schar was that when Moshe and Aaron were having a argument in this week's parsha on the eighth day of the Meluyim, right after Nadim Viu died, and they and Aaron was an Oinin because they died and. And Aaron was the one who was able to melchavan the correct halacha that the kachay shoyes and the kachay dayrus are two different things. So I might have thought that what was the schar that Aaron was able to melchavan the halacha properly. And and another and so therefore Rashi tells us no that wasn't the schar because um, rather the schar was he was taught the halachas of Suyain, that Hashem spoke to Aaron and taught him the halachas and Aaron was the one that taught it to Bnei Israel. The reason why Rashi doesn't want to say that the schar was that he was able to machavan halacha properly is because Hashem didn't speak to him about this halacha. It was something that he figured out on his own. So he, the Rebbe says it's a doichik to say that. What was the schar that he was able to have a better svar than Moshe Rabbeinu? Rather the schar had to be something more than that. So it wasn't just he had the better svar. Svar is something you work on your own. Rather the schar was that Hashem spoke to him and uh, taught him these inyanim in there, and then he was able to t- tell it over to the Bnei Yisrael. And this actually fits very well with Rashi, because Rashi says also about Elazar, uh, it says in the next Rashi, that Elazar also could have answered Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, you know, and asked the question that just because Hashem told us one thing about Kachay Shah, does that mean we're able to eat the Kachay Dairis? It says that Elazar was able to answer it, tell this also to Moshe. But if it was a schar that was given specifically to Aaron, then why would Elazar have known it also? It was a schar that Aaron had. Elamai, it wasn't a schar, it was a svara. Aaron figured out the svara, Elazar figured out the svara, and had nothing to do with that schar. Now, just to finish off, we can go through the milus of uh, the, the milus of the Gerarie, and, and then maybe the problems that the Gerarie would have had on the Rebbe's uh, Pirish and Rashi. The first one is because it's not according to the Gemara. The Gemara says uh, that he, he said, Shemati v'shechachti. So there's a clear Gemara that explains it the same way that there's the Gurariya says. We, of course, we have an answer. The Rebbe says that Rashi doesn't have to follow the Pshutisha Mikra, and that Gemara doesn't fit according to Pshutisha Mikra, as we mentioned earlier, the three questions. There's also that Mishnum Sechas Avis that says one of the seven things of a Chacham is to say, uh, I don't know. Or I don't, I didn't hear. So that fits very well according to the Garai. But as we explained, that even also according to Rashi, that fits fine according to the way how we explained. Because when it says Loishamati, that's talking about when someone's actually asking you a question, you're saying Loishamati. But over here, we're talking about a situation where they had an argument and our Moshe Rabbeinu basically is agreeing with Aaron. But why does he have to go and publicize it? Why does he have to say and publicize and let everybody know that he didn't learn? Elamai was. That wasn't, the, the Chiddush wasn't that he, he could have just said nothing. But by saying Lo Shemati, he was trying to emphasize how happy he was that he heard the correct interpretation and therefore he let um, everybody know. And the third thing is actually the Targum. One, we said that Rashi brings down in Parshat Vayeshev that the word the Shema, we said Shema can have two interpretations. It can have, mean here and it can also mean to accept, to agree with something that you heard, to understand and agree. So Rashi brings down the, in Pashas uh, that whatever the Targum Unkelis translates the word Vishama as Vikabel, that means 
to accept and to that you accept what was said. Whenever Targum translates the word of Shema as Shama, Shama, it means to hear. So in our parsha where it says Vishma Moshevita the Targum actually translates it as Ushama Moshe that he heard. Which means physically hearing, which is the same way how that Gorari and everyone else is learning that Vishma Moshe as Moshe heard, or he had already heard, as we were explaining it the whole time, or or Moshe Benu heard what Aaron said and, and you know, and Vita Be'inav, it was good in the eyes of Aaron, which, why would have been good in his eyes? Because Elamai, Moshe admitted that he had heard it earlier from Hashem, and he just forgot it. So that would fit very well according to Gerari, not according to Rashi. But the Rebbe explains that even though not every single time that Rashi uh, disagrees with Targum Unkelis does he say it inside the Pirish. So Targum Unkelis, Taka does explain it just to Shama, and Rashi's disagreeing with him, over here in our interpretation. Just because the Targum Unkelis translates one way doesn't mean Rashi agrees with him just because he doesn't say that he disagrees. And we find many places where Rashi explains it one way and the Targum translates the word differently uh, already. And, and sometimes you won't even mention and disagree with Targum. For example, right at the beginning of the Torah where it says, uh, Bracious. So Targum translates it in the beginning God created. While Rashi says, translates it rather as in the beginning of God's creating of the heavens and earth, God said, let there be light. So he tra- and he doesn't, Rashi doesn't mention that Targum translated it differently. Also, Pasik that we mentioned earlier, Behim layadu, that, y- that Yosef was Shemea. So Rash- Targum just translates it literally. They didn't know that Yosef was listening. I mean, according to Targum Unkelis, it was an issue of how close Yosef was and he was able to, to, to literally hear. While we said, according to Rashi, it wasn't that, uh, the way how Rashi learned it was, they didn't know that Yosef understood what they were saying. because Rashi And Rashi explains it clearly. It's because usually there was an interpretation interpreter. Therefore, they thought that Yosef did not understand, but they didn't know that Yosef actually was able to understand what they were saying. So he tra- clearly translates it as understand, and he doesn't try to up- like say, this is not like the Targum. So not every time Rashi disagrees with the Targum, would he bother doing that? Uh, anyways, so this would be the first part of the Sicha. The second part of the Sicha is trying to understand uh, why Taka did Moshe Rabbeinu agree with Aaron. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu had his spar that you compare at the, at the Pesach Tairus. Aaron said not to. Why did he talk to change his mind? And the Rebbe explains this idea, very, very quickly, but you should really look inside to get all the details, is that Moshe Rabbeinu was the Indian of Emes, and Emes tries to have everything always the same. So since we find that on that day by the Kachay Shah, it was supposed to be eaten, therefore the Emes is that you everything, it, should, it should be the same way for everything unless there is a reason to understand it differently. While Aaron is the union of Chesed, and Chesed looks at every situation differently and see what fits best according to that particular situation. Therefore, he, he, he realized what the spiritual situation was on the ground, and therefore, he, he learned things differently, which is also a lesson of Vedas Hashem. Sometimes it's the, the way of MS, like keeping the things the same, but sometimes you need to have Chesed to understand what the situation is on the ground and to change your approach uh, of how to be makarvan Latira. Aaron was always bringing them close to the Torah. Never, God forbid, changed the Torah, but be able to know how to bring the, uh, the, the people closer to the Torah. What's the best way of facilitating that?